welcome to Y11 Audio. This is Ypsilanti's College Football Podcast. My name is Alex Alvarado. Thank you for listening. Uh, this podcast is part of my EMU football sided newsletter, ipsy11.com. So if you haven't checked that out, if you haven't subscribed to that, signed up for updates, now's a good time to do that. And if you're a returning listener to this podcast, thank you for subscribing to this. If you're new here, thanks for trying something new. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully you like us. Uh, now's a good time to subscribe to the show, too, and leave a five-star review. Both of those are free. It's game week. Eastern Michigan is opening up its college football season against the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Uh, a pretty respected FCS team, one that isn't in like FCS top 25s, but is still a respected program in those ranks. Uh, it's one of those programs that now that, if you recall in the fall, the MAC could have and didn't ultimately grab Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee State, which would have been a great rivalry to bring over to the MAC, but would have done a whole bunch of other, you know, changes in general. Now that the MAC may or may not be looking for schools to add, it'll always not, it'll like always leave that door open to, well, you know, if you're good enough, you know, sure, we'll let you in. Um, is that door open to Eastern Kentucky? It could be. Eastern Kentucky is one of those programs that, on, at least on the football side, I don't know too much about it as a whole. It's one of those programs that fits the bill of what could be a school that fits the Mac, the Mac identity. It's in the blueprint. It's not too far outside of the realm of getting around. It's somewhat local. It does play, you know, Mac schools. Of course, it's got Eastern on the schedule, and next week they're going to be at Bowling Green too. So they do have two MAC teams coming up. They do generally play, like I said, in the Midwest. They recruit against these MAC teams on the recruiting trail. So yes, we're going to see them once a year on the football field, but many days out of the year, they're fighting in private against these MAC schools for athletes to put on the field. Can those athletes take down Eastern? Can Eastern finally, and yes, I'm saying this correctly, finally get a win over Eastern Kentucky? We shall see. But it's game week. I'm excited for it. You should be excited for it because it's just generally football, man. If you watched anything last week, it was probably the crap of Nebraska, Northwestern, and Dublin, Ireland. And that wasn't fun. Actually, it was fun. It was fun. But it wasn't because it'd rather be on the home soil. And yes, there were other games going on. But it wasn't an overload of games from every county in America. Any university in America with a football field. It wasn't just filled with, you know potential and fun and beer cans on the ground there wasn't that all across america it was just a handful of games two handfuls of games one of them shouldn't have been played but here we are and now everybody else gets to open with week one easterns is friday it's going to be on espn3 if you can't make it to ypsilanti at Rand Houston stadium um seven o'clock kick espn3 It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It usually is. And, like, Rainierson's a great place to hang out. If And I'm sorry. I always say Rainierson. I know it's Rainierson. But I, I'm sorry. I just say Rainierson because I'm basic. Uh, I, I said it wrong as a freshman, and I just haven't stopped. I'm really sorry about that. Um, you know what? And this is coming from someone who, when a friend gets married and, you know, that friend, she, like, takes up a new last name. I don't recognize it. And it's not out of disrespect. It really isn't. It's just because I've known you so long as this one name that I just cannot 
correct myself. I will not correct myself. I'm sorry. It's not a matter of disrespect. It's just like I really like the person I met from the start. And at the start, I met Reinerson Stadium. <laughs> that was the word that it was said to me the first time, and that's the way it'll stick. I'm so sorry about that. But still, the weather is going to be great. I just checked the weather. Today's not going to be amazing. Today being Monday, but Friday being Friday, things will clear up. Be in the 80s. It'll cool off at night. It'll be pretty humid. It's you know late August, early September in Michigan. But as long as the weather's still good, who cares? Be a fun time. But I'd like to hear about your fun times. If you want to reach out to the podcast at all, uh, there's three ways of going about it. You can do voicemail. You can tweet at me at ipsy11. Email me at ipsy11 at gmail.com. Uh, but the voicemail and phone number, 734-273-9224. Uh, you know, if you have any predictions about upcoming games, about the schedule, about you know the season as a whole, about the MAC, about Eastern Michigan, about Eastern Michigan football, about Eastern Michigan other sports, about Eastern Michigan administratively, non-sports, or you just have reactions about literally anything you want to see, about what you just saw, about what you heard. Holy crap, that was a great game winner. Holy crap, that was a huge loss that we shouldn't have had. Holy crap, I cannot believe we won that game. I mean, yeah, but like, holy crap, we actually did it. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. 734-273-9224. But we're only days away from this damn season beginning. Sorry for my language, but we are so freaking excited over here at Y11 Studios. That's what I'm renaming my townhouse without my wife's consent. Sorry about that if you're listening in, babe. But here at Y11 Studios, this is an excited house, or at least an excited office for football season, which begins in... Uh, I only need one hand now. I used to have to borrow like my neighbor's fingers and toes and like count off and like, you know, just like tape over their fingers and toes about like which ones were already counted off. So like we could say, okay, we're getting, we're this much closer to football season. Okay. Now that we're uh, 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 10 days closer by neighbor, we're, 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 we're closer to football season. And now we're only one handful of days away from it happening. Predictions, picks, projections, all that stuff, man. It's so fun to do. And you know what? As as much as I dial in and get and get up for them and like get really excited and read too much into them, and then I say like these aren't important, but I love reading them, and I just have this love hate relationship for that content. As someone who also produces those, I can now say burn it, burn it all. Who needs it? Now we have actual football season to deal with. What are you going to get out of Ipsy11.com? That is what you're probably wondering right now. Uh, podcast, newsletter post, bang, bang, boom. But how much of what? So out of me, out of this voice, I'm going to try to keep up with my Monday pace. Do that. I like doing it. I like just, it doesn't matter if Eastern's going to be on a short week. It doesn't matter if Eastern's going to be playing midnight or midnight, midweek maxion. If they play midweek maxion at midnight. <laughs> oh my God. Pack those kids an apple to bring to class, I tell you. But Mondays, we're going to have up, uploads of this podcast here. I'm also going to pick up the pace. Uh, game days. Game day turnaround, uh, save for the Arizona State game, because I'll be podcasting at like 3 a.m. if that's the case, local. Um, TBD on that front. Sorry if it's a Sunday upload there. Sorry in advance. But Mondays, game days, at least twice a week. That's what I'm aiming for on the podcast side of things, to keep you entertained for football season. Uh, we'll kind of preview and kind of just generally talk about the game on Mondays. And then game days, of course, we got to talk about what we just saw. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful. Written content, ipsy11.com. Previews are going to be going up uh, right now. So Monday, 
was the press conference. Depth charts come out, publish updates on that. Tuesdays, my plan was to do it, you know, double up on Mondays, but like it, it ended up being tripling up. So I'm just kind of, you know, kind of balancing things out with previews on Tuesday, at least for now, when it's the midweek rolls around, who knows what's going to happen with that. But right now, podcast on Monday, depth chart on Monday, previews on Tuesday, and then on game days, we're going to have open chats uh, where we just have essentially Substack calls them threads. Uh, I'm going to just title it open thread or open chat rather. I, I can't even get it right. Open chat will be on game days, maybe Saturdays too when we play on only Fridays, who's to say. Um, and then, of course, the recaps and box scores, those will all be written about and talked about in written format. Uh, and when I have room for everything else to write about, you know, kind of talking about what's going on at that position group. What's wrong over here? Uh-oh, there's an injury. What's what, what's the, what's the game plan after that? Hey, uh, somebody lied about their beard. I don't know. I'm, I'm just making stuff up right now. Or am I? That, that could all fill in the cracks in between. But you should know that, hey, uh, general discussion, previews, Monday game day discussions on game days through the podcast newsletter previews recaps box scores and open chats you should really expect that stuff out of the newsletter i have a lot of plans and i have a lot of things i want to do and try out but i just i'm not there to really just like publicize it and say i'm going to do this and then just like shortchange you later and be like i couldn't keep up with it i'm so sorry i put too much on my plate that's a lot of mashed potatoes as much as i love mashed potatoes i can't just keep carbo loading like that but anyways, those are the plans for the newsletter and the podcast. Uh, again, follow along where and when you can. I'm trying to build this thing up. Uh, and yeah, just, just be on the lookout for any changes on uh, just anything I'm doing there. But week one, week one, we're almost here. Let me, before we talk about EKU, as much as you want to hear about EKU, let's look at a couple things. I just want to open with a quick S&P Plus look at Eastern Michigan. If you're not familiar with SP Plus, it's not, and no ranking is like the Bible of like the end all be all, but SP Plus does a great job of telling you what a team is all about by measuring these teams in four advanced ways, crunching it all together in a formula, and then just like regurgitating it out in a listicle format. Uh, it's looking at tempo, it's looking at production, it's looking at efficiency, it's looking at, you know, how sustainable are you, how talented are you, it's looking at recruiting rankings, blah, 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 blah. It's not looking at the human AP top 25, it's not looking at any of that stuff. It's really looking at the production and the productivity on the field and how that all can be just, just spat out through this computer ranking. Uh, how you know it's looking right uh, I take the Bill James approach, the uh, the old baseball writer who turned uh, kook. Um, 80% of the right, if you're trying out a, a new stat, it should look right 80% of the time. Uh, top five in SP Plus for the preseason is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and then Clemson. Uh, I don't totally agree with Clemson, so but you know what? It still kind of looks and it makes sense generally. So uh, yeah, I'd say it passes the 80% snuff test, and we're just going to move on from here. Eastern Michigan, where are you at on this list? I just had to scroll a whole bunch. 98th overall. You're just under Western Michigan. That doesn't make any sense. Um, just kidding. 98th overall in SP+. 
It's got the 81st ranked offense and 113th ranked defense. There's a lot of new changes on on defense that you know you could see how it could improve from here. But what is SP plus supposed to do with you know uh, a guy who was looking at linebacker like Chase Klein, Joe Sprecio? How is Eastern Michigan's defensive rating supposed to like project it to be any better than that, right? Like it doesn't know a lot about the newcomers. It doesn't know a lot about, you know, the JUCO guys that are coming into the system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, projected win total for Eastern Michigan by SP Plus. It's averaging uh, 6.2 wins for the year and 4.0 wins in MAC play, which is good to see. Uh, Eastern's projected to be a bowl team that's uh, at least 500 in MAC play. That's a good year. I'll take it. You know, that's essentially like the bare minimum of what I want Eastern to be year in and year out. Is that not? Raise your hand if you have said that. I raised my hand. I'm sorry. I just realized you didn't see that. At the press conference today, the first press conference uh, for the season, Creighton talked about, you know, just, you know, generally the team uh, talked about Coach Wells on the other side. Unfortunately, he won't be able to make it to the game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But he also mentioned the captains. Let's start with the captains, and we'll just kind of talk about the team. And we're going to go from there. Uh, the four captains, there were two that were named, you know, in the spring. And then there were two that were named during camp. Uh, the two that were named in the spring, one offense, one defense. Brian Dooley, offensive lineman, and Jose Ramirez, defensive end. Uh, you've heard so much from Jose Ramirez. But Brian Dooley, you probably haven't heard too much of because he's a right tackle. You don't really listen to right tackles too much. Um, and usually when people talk about who's good at the offensive line, who's like the number one offensive lineman, people are going to look at the left tackle, right? But I'm going to ask you to look at the right tackle, Brian Dooley. Uh, Brian Dooley, graduate student, 36 games played, 34 games started, you know, Talented kid, and there's a lot of potential with him. A lot of people like him, and he does a lot of homework to, you know, improve his game. Here's what he said. You know, like I was saying earlier to your coach, you guys have, like, a whole bunch of starters returning back, and, you know, with your front five, you have, like, 140-some starts returning. You know, why is that important to you guys heading into week one and playing out this season? Uh, I think it's important just because, you know, the, the game experience is something that, like, not – not a lot of people have because you know everyone would say, oh, you know, we practice a lot, we practice a lot. But my thing is, if, if you don't, you need to have game reps to really feel that experience. Going up against your guys from winter and then you know fall camp and all that, you know, you're going up against the same guys all the time. So when, once you get those game reps, I think it's awesome because it's someone new. You know, you can actually use your technique, your your violent stuff on somebody else. So I, mean, I, I think it's a great thing. Like you said, the experience that we have throughout the whole offensive line is just is awesome. We know, we know how to play. And Coach is also saying that you also give yourself some off-field reps just, you know, studying up with uh, Coach Coughlin and just, you know, going through all the study habits, you know. Can you, I was wondering if you could just expand a little bit more on, like, your love for football and, like, how you approach studying the game as aggressively as you do. Yeah, you know, like, like you said, I, I, I love the game. I, I want to make it at the next level. Uh, I've reached out to Andrew Wiley a lot. He was one of our tackles here. Uh, I've reached out to TJ Lang. You know, I keep in contact with uh, Max Crosby still on the Raiders. And then I watch just uh, – we don't watch film on the O-line, but 
a lot of guys who came out with uh, O-line masterminds with like Lane Johnson and, and some of them. And I've uh, I watched a lot of their videos. You know, my biggest thing is hopefully get invited to one of those. You know, so like, I got this year, next year, so hopefully get invited to that. But just it, I want to take like other people's ideas and techniques and try to you know put it in my toolbox and then kind of tweak it as much as I could, like as much as I can. So it, I think that helps my, uh, my game. Have you been not to like the study habits to get you to the to the next level to play in the NFL? Has this been like something that like has been starting like during your development here, or has this like always been like ever since high school? No, I've been wanting to make the NFL. Uh, kind of ever since uh, ever since high school. I had a lot of guys uh, help me throughout my process going here. Um, I got a lot of guys on their teams uh, that said I can make it, so they helped me along the way. And that's our studies from high school college you know we all still keep in contact and we all share the same stuff so. uh and last question for this offense as a whole what's what do you think your guys's best chance at making the mac championship you know what does it look like offensively for you guys to be a mac championship level offense i think it's really really high you know coach great most the high expectations and you know like you said me and name is captain same as taylor two strong offensive guys i think if if guys really Listen to us, and you know, take our our co- our coaches seriously, and us seriously, and what we can give to them. I, I, I think it's really good that we can make a make a role there. So. And two new guys, two new guys uh, were named captains too. Uh, offensively, the quarterback Taylor Powell and Chase Klein, uh, linebacker who comes in from Michigan State. Uh, and Chase Klein, he was around for both these guys are actually around for the spring too. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty crazy that, and Creighton kind of pointed this out that, you know, just think about like coming in in the spring and in less than a year, and this is a culture that like, you know, yeah, they're like loving of everybody, but like, it fe- I feel like because of the camaraderie that these guys already have for each other, it would have been a player that I already knew about in January or in December that would have been named one of the four captains here, or at least two of the or, you know, these other two of the four, um, Taylor Powell, Chase Klein, they're the new captains. Uh, Chase Klein was in attendance for the uh, the presser, so we uh, got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, what is, you know, you, you got a couple guys behind you, Justin Jefferson, Tariq, uh, Jeff Jefferson obviously being younger. What are some things that you and for as much as you've been able to play, you have a lot of things to share to them. What do you think you've been able to share to them, you know, since you've been here? I think those guys, especially the ones you listed, were very helpful when I first got here. Helping me learn the defense, helping me learn how they talk, how they move, and stuff like that. And then even the day-to-day stuff. When I first got here, there was a breakfast check, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, so I called Coach, and he said, here, talk to Justin. Justin picked me up, took me to breakfast check. So on the football side, they've been very helpful, but also on the other side of just acclimating to Eastern Michigan, they've really helped me a lot. What do you think, like, your biggest shock to like moving to Ypsilanti and all this has been to you? All the, uh, all the Michigan banners in the stores <laughs> from Lansing. So uh, there's a little rivalry there and uh, it's a little different out here, but uh, that's probably the biggest thing. I'm still in the green and white. Uh, I believe green, so it's been, it's been a good acclimation. Uh, m- maybe I already know the answer to this, but any goals for yourself this year? Obviously you want to win the, win the MAC this year, of course, yeah, but yeah. you know, I, what, what I kind of goals? Let's take a look at the depth chart really quickly. Um, 
just going down the line from offense to defense and into special teams, which yeah. uh, quarterback, of course, you knew Taylor Powell was going to start, and you knew Austin Smith was going to be the quarterback too. Um, I'm interested to see how much Austin Smith plays. I'm interested to see in what situations they do that. I don't think they'll lean on him too much, but uh, Powell, they love him a lot. Obviously, uh, Creighton wanted to spin the wheels again about calling, saying that he you know, completed 81% of his spring passes, and I think he, you're probably going to hear it later, but I think he said like in camp he was closer to 76%, uh, which definitely makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to see how much things work here. Uh, at receiver, the three starters are the three starters listed. At least are the ones that you know were the ones listed in preseason and the ones that you expected to see at this point. Tanner Canoe, Dylan Drummond, Hassan Badoon. A lot of people are expecting a number change to happen by number four. Uh, that's you know because that's just the hive mind of the Eastern Michigan football fan community is that you know Badoon is the most loved guy he's been the most charismatic he was at mac media day so he's you know definitely had more of a popularity uh since then too but he was already a really popular guy online and with the kids and with adults you know he's generally just a guy that everybody everybody really wants to root for uh and people are on on watch to see if and when emu is going to announce uh, and they're probably gonna do it while i record this podcast damn it but Who's going to wear number two this year? We don't know yet. Uh, I didn't ask. I figured, you know, that'll that'll happen when that happens. But Hassan Badoon is certainly one that a lot of the EMU fans are looking to because he's broken records or he's gotten into the 1,000-yard club, something that hasn't been done in a very, very long time. He's super, super deserving of it on and off the field. Uh, hopefully sometime this week we hear the good news that Badoon – it gets a number change again. <laughs> if you've listened to like the Call to Action podcast, uh, he actually talked about his number choice too. I know I shared uh, Ramirez's or like last week or the week before or something like that about how he chose like number four, which is something that he's going to wear. Um, if you saw today's tweet that Eastern put out about like counting down the season, uh, had Dennis Smith yesterday for five because he wears number five, and today was number four. Who's the most popular number four on the team? That's right. It's defensive end, Jose Ramirez. Uh, they didn't put Dylan, or not Dylan, Hassan Badoon on there. So maybe when there's two days left, who knows? But yeah, that, that'll be exciting to see uh, if and when that happens. But oh yeah, but Badoon, well, the story that he shared, and I'm, I'll, I'll hurry this up, I promise. Uh, Badoon, he did wear number 24 in high school because he was a big Champ Bailey fan. And they ripped that jersey because he got injured or something like that. Um, they ripped that jersey open, and then they could never get that back together. So then, you know, he was just number four, and then uh, walked on, wore like forty-four or something like that at first, and then he wore sixteen. By the time we got to see his breakout performance in the Quick Lane Bowl, obviously he changed his number again to number four in twenty twenty, and has been that since. So it would be fun to see, you know, just the way like his football number life kind of happened to where he goes from 24 cut that out to just four then 44 what's four times four 16 and then back to four and then if it ends up with number two that'd be kind of cool also generally 
it's just a great honor because of what number two represents for the program. That that goes without saying, but I feel like it should be said at this point. Like number two means a lot to the program, and I feel like for for the feel good reasons of it, like Badoon, a good a, someone who we, oh, I shouldn't be speaking like this, but someone that we trust is just generally a good person and will be an awesome guy when he graduates and represents Eastern Michigan and you know himself and his family after graduation, it, it, it'll, it'd mean a lot to him because of what it just represents just generally. But yeah, backups at receiver, Zach Westmoreland, Darius Lasseter, uh, Darius Lasseter, incoming Juco guy behind Dylan Drummond, uh, and Ishan Stewart. Darius Lasseter, this is his first time cracking the two deep uh, out of the preseason depth chart, uh, so post-spring, pre-camp, during summer. Uh, Dennis Smith was listed as Dylan Drummond's backup receiver there. Uh, tight ends hasn't changed, though I still like Aaron Jackson the most. Um, tight end number one, Gunnar Oaks. Tight end number two, Andres Paschke. And the offensive line hasn't changed at all. Uh, Marcellus Johnson, City Sow, Richard Bates, Alex Howie, and Brian Dooley from left to right are your starters. There's, there's over like 140 starts on this offensive line, which is great to see. Um, and then at running back, Samson Evans is the number one. Incoming transfer, Jalen Jackson, uh, much smaller, different build than the rest of them because the other running backs, uh, we have Evans, Darius Boone at number three, Bryson Moss as the number four. They're all over 200 pounds or slightly over. Jalen Jackson's much smaller build at 5'8", 165. Uh, has a little bit of a different game to him. Uh, can play some special teams too, so we'll see him out there. He's listed as the kick returner number one. On defense, Grant Truman is the one I'm going to highlight right now because it looks like he's going to be making his first start finally for Eastern Michigan. Uh, played, I think it's like a total of like like 46 career games he's played. I have it written down somewhere, but I'm not looking at it. He's played 22 games so far since he transferred from uh, the JUCO ranks a number of years ago. Played 22 games so far for Eastern Michigan. Now it looks like he's listed as the number one defensive end opposite of Jose Ramirez. So it'll be good to see him finally get his first start over there. Grant Truman, backed up by Micah Coleman, who was the the number one at end entering camp. Jordan Crawford, Alex Merritt, they're going to eat up the middle, backed up by Dexter Manier, Peyton Price, respectively. Uh, at bowl, Jose Ramirez, number four. Uh, of course, you know him. He's going to be the starter out there, of course. And behind him is going to be Carter Evans. That's a great choice. Carter Evans is really, really good. I, I really love the potential of this kid. We've talked about him before on this podcast, too. Uh, and you can go back and listen to his brother, Samson Evans, the running back, talk about his younger brother's uh, come up in development. At linebacker, we have the two incoming transfers, Chase Klein from Michigan State, Joe Sparatio, Boston College. 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 And they're backed up by Justin Jefferson and Tariq Spates, respectively. Uh, Jefferson's had a, Jefferson's really solid. I like Jefferson a lot. He's going he's gonna to be really good. Kempton Shine, Mark Lee Jr. Last year, they were both battling for starting playing time at one corner spot, while the other one was, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on who locked on the other one, Jarrett Paul, who transferred in from Rutgers and was already out at Kansas, I believe. Um, but they are both the starting corners. They're backed up by Corey Hernandez, who's back, who's uh, returning from injury, and Joshua Scott from the junior college ranks. Uh, really talented guy, and they have guys behind those guys too so cornerback is actually going to be pretty loaded so is safety tj pv russ vaden blake bogan they are your starting dog safety free safety rover safety 
Respectively, their backups are Robert Daniel, David Carter, and Quantavius Scandrit. And Quantavius Scandrit, um, that's also in place for Cam Smith because that is uh, those are two guys that are just kind of like paired together when it comes to younger, newer, signee uh, safeties that kind of joined the team over like the 2020 and 2021 signing class. No, yeah, it was over the 2020 and 2021 signing classes that those two were joined. So they're both having a good spring. Uh, Benson, I asked about, uh, he's not hurt. He's just not on the two deep, but he'll we'll see him soon as well. Uh, he was a former All-Patriot League safety for Bucknell. Uh, special teams, we pretty much know the returners. Um, Jalen Jackson, Hassan Badoon, Dylan Drummond, Tanner Canoe. Those are kind of the standout guys for kicker and punter. Uh, they've liked Jose Gomez a lot to do kicking. Uh, he's the only one that's been around for more than a few months. They just recently brought in uh, Brady Pohl during camp, or before camp. They brought in Brady Pohl, who transferred in from Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know if they're going to have a place kicker named just yet. I think they're going to give it some more time, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know like what the longer term answer gonna is going to be. Uh, I feel like they're just. They just want to see Brady like kick more and longer and like see what he looks like once the weather starts to mm, suck. Uh, and at punter, they knew that Jake Julian was going to be graduated by now, so they have some competition. They have you know four about four guys that they like right now, so we'll see how this kind of plays out. Uh, Mitch Thomasick, Blake Oxendorf, uh, those are two guys that uh, you know competing for the punter race right now. Uh, the other guys. Adam Hess and Ryan Kingston, they're pretty good, too. All right, Eastern Kentucky, now that we're about 30 minutes into this thing, uh, you should know a few things. Number one, if a win here would be Eastern Michigan's first win over Eastern Kentucky ever. And no, they don't play every year. They, they haven't played since 1971, but they've played four times since. They've played four times in their history. 1948. Eastern Kentucky beat Eastern Michigan 20 to nothing. It was uh, Reinerson's last season as the coach. Uh, 49, very next year, Eastern Kentucky won 27 to 6. But both of those games were before integration, so we can just like totally like pretend those games never happened. Uh, 1970, Eastern Michigan lost 21 to 10. And then 71, the Pioneer Bowl year. 0-0 zero, zero tie. Hell yeah. Love that. Eastern Kentucky is without its third-year head coach, Walt Wells. Walt Wells is a Tennessee guy who has been to Eastern Kentucky uh, one, two, three times, I believe. I believe he's been an assistant coach there not once but twice. He was twice an assistant coach at Eastern Kentucky before he was named the head coach in 2019, right before the you-know-what happened. Uh, so now that he's got his first real full calendar year to like actually get into this kind of year, you know, because you, you're kind of dealing with like after you have a spring season, then you kind of deal with everything that, well, now we got to act like a football team after spring season and just kind of deal with all the player movements and everything there. Now that, you know, we're in 2022 really outside of the you-know-what year. This would have been a great time for Walt Wells to really do some damage. 
um, you know, with, with a team that had, was already like plucky and like did some good things last year too. It would have been great to see what this team at its full capacity could look like against Eastern Michigan. Uh, yeah, this is a total sickos thing, but it's still like a, a really good football game that should be had. Um, it sucks that they're without Walt Wells because he seems like the kind of coach that you want to root for, um, especially for this team with its potential. Who knows if Eastern Kentucky ever wants to move up to the MAC and what that could look like. If that were ever in the cards, this is a game that Eastern Kentucky wants to win. And Eastern Michigan, it should go without saying, yeah, they want to beat the FCS school. Yeah, it should be win. But Eastern Kentucky is no joke, right? Eastern Kentucky is a very respected program. Eastern Kentucky is a team that you recruit against. So you need this win to solidify you in a number of ways. And plus, you never want to lose Eastern Kentucky. Whether they're going to be a max school or not, you don't want to lose this game. You finally want to get into the win column here. So it'd be really risky if Eastern ended up losing this game, of course, because you don't want it to be 0-4-1 because, you know, right now I'm sure people are just now finding out that Eastern has never beaten Eastern Kentucky. But after a potential loss, then people will be like, oh my God, I never realized Eastern was 0-4 against them. That'd be really bad. Wow. Uh, so definitely got to get that first one. Um, and who knows, maybe years to come, schedule them in the future. Join the Mac. Who knows? Uh, Creighton addressed, he opened up his uh, the press conference today with a statement on Wells, who the, the school announced that he had a, uh, a, a quote-unquote cardiac episode yesterday, yesterday being Sunday. So his timeline right now, as far as I know, is questionable. You know, yesterday afternoon, sitting in an office of staff meeting, uh, got word um, that Coach Wells, um, you know, had a, a medical episode and found out a little bit more um, since that time. And um, I don't know him personally, some of our guys on our staff Yeah, anytime, you know, it, you, you just never want to hear that. You, you never want to see a player get hit in the play and all that stuff. And you never want to hear about anybody, like, just having a bad time like that. You never want to hear about poor health out of anybody. You just, you generally just don't, right? Especially, like, when you're this connected to the sport, too. Like, people that, like, are in the same space as you. It just, you, you, you kind of feel for them a little bit more. And me, too. And I'll, I, I probably will never even visit that campus. I probably just won't. Um, but... And I will have probably have will no reason. I probably will never have a reason to meet uh, Coach Waltwells, but I st still my heart goes out to him. I and I know Eastern Michigan for from their perspective, after just unexpectedly you know losing a coach at the age of fifty four. Um, I I don't know what age Walt Wells is right now. I was looking for that earlier, but um, you know I, I I'm sure like. You know, he's like sim in similar age to not just Coach Reed, but everybody else, you know, around the EMU coaching staff, too. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're 
they're really not that they ever like needed somebody that they loved to like die before they felt compassion for anybody else. I'm not saying that's that's the deal with them because Eastern's more grown up than that. But still, that's got to add some more perspective for them to be like, oh my god, we just went through this. We are really, really hoping for the best for you guys. You know, I, yeah. Anyways, uh, to talk about his own team and himself as a coach, uh, to close on, uh, we have three more sound bites to play for you. Let's talk about the offense. Uh, I asked about two things. I asked about the offensive line and, you know, having a bunch of guys that come back with a whole bunch of experience. We did hear from Dooley, but what about City South? What about uh, Marcellus Johnson? Because between those two on the left side, there's 70 plus starts between them. So with them, Jalen Jackson's coming in looking good. Hey, coach, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, more offensively, you know, you guys uh, on the offensive line, there's so much experience on there, like grad, you know, graduate students, seniors all the way down. Uh, what, how important is it to have a lot of experience on the front lines like that? Well, experience is good no matter what, but you know, just because you have a guy coming back doesn't mean he's a good football player. Um, you know, might be the, the best that you have. Um, that's not the case with us on our offensive line. We have really good football players who play a lot of football, uh, who are you know seasoned veterans. Uh, and uh, you know, I think that it starts there with, with our offensive line uh, for our offense, and it, it starts on the O and D line. Uh, running back, Jalen Jackson, he's already slotted as an RB2 on your guys' depth chart, a leading kick returner. Uh, obviously, this is his first time with you guys because he just transferred from Lamar, but what's it been like having a guy like that who can, you know, play in two phases of the football field? You know, what's it like having a guy like him on the field? Yeah, uh, he's had a really good camp, a uh, good fit in our program. You know, he, he gives us uh, just something different than, than what we have with most of the other guys. Sebastian Tolman is, is actually similar, but hasn't played for us, but has really had a great spring and in camp, and so his name could be called. Uh, you know, but Samson and, and Boone and, um, and Bryson, you know, that group of guys, um, you know, they've they've got the ability to, to run through you. You know, where Jalen is a little bit more like a Juwan Hampton and just the foot in the ground mm -hmm. quickness and over on defense grant truman like i said earlier uh looks like he's going to get his first start i'm pretty i'm 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 excited for the guy you know he's he's always worked hard he's been excited to you know he's been an excited player to watch uh, just the way he gets into things and the way like guys rally around him. Uh, of course, Creighton feels the same. Actually, I'll let him. Yeah, you take the you, you take over, Coach. I'm, I'm done with this microphone. Uh, Grant Truman looks like he's finally going to get his first nod to start after you know 40 plus games between JUCO and Eastern. You know what kind of spring and I mean, you've seen him for three years. What's it been like having him around and finally get to this part where he's finally going to start? Yeah, I'll tell you. Every time that he got an opportunity. You know, last year he came in, he made big plays, you know, getting sacks, pressures, and, and you know, the sideline would erupt, not because it was someone, you know, that was a young guy right. that was getting their first chance, but it's just a guy that has just stayed with it, worked so hard, and, you know, just needed some opportunities. And so here he is, you know, as a starting defense. 
has been for us. Another player um, that is just really smart. You know, as a play caller, you going against our defense in all camp. There's certain plays where I literally look out there and see, okay, who's that defensive end, or who's that middle linebacker, who's the, you know, the field corner, because I know that, you know, we're not going to get them, you know, or that we have a chance to get, you know, so and so. But and Grant's one of those guys, you know, if I'm trying to do anything deceptive, um, it's going to be really hard because he's, he's really smart. Uh, I noticed uh, Scandrick Q. He uh, popped into the two deep too. Um, what what kind of spring has he had? And like is and I noticed. Um, Brandon Benson, who we talked about before, he's not listed here. Is is he missing? Like, is he hurt or something? Is no, Q just good. stepping up? Yeah, no, he's good. And I would say with both Q and Cam, like anybody on our team, we would have said this, you know, a year ago. But you know, two young safeties who have all the potential in the world, and we're pretty loaded at at, at safety in terms of depth and sixty-year seniors and guys who played a lot of football. But uh, both Cam and Q. To end this, we're going to play one more sound clip. Uh, the final two questions I asked him were on him, 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 specifically him, Creighton, Chris. Uh, how does he feel about coaching right now? And I, that's a loaded question. There's a lot that I would love to just, like, really get at with that and, like, do it outside of the press conference of week one. Um, but <sighs> had my coffee. I don't know if he's a coffee drinker. <sighs> had my coffee, had my water, had my whatever. Tea, green tea, I don't know. Monster energy drink. Year nine of coach. Been doing this for a long time. How am I feeling? How am I feeling? How am me, Chris Creighton? How am I feeling? How am I feeling? Not just a coach, but a coach at Eastern Michigan and a coach of college football in its current state of college football. I was trying to ask that. Um, of course, well, I, I could only ask him in like so number, you know, in so few words and get such a little answer. Um, we did the best with what we could, but after that, after that big statement, after that big question, I kind of asked an even bigger question, a more important question. The question that you hanging on for 40 plus minutes on this podcast, which I thank you for. Um, and I appreciate that you've already subscribed by now because why else would you listen to 40 minutes of an Eastern Michigan football side podcast? What is the one question that is actually on your mind right now? Don't worry. We're not going to say it right here. I asked and he answered. You're welcome. Uh, last two questions for me and on you. Uh, this is your ninth year here. A lot of changes have happened in Eastern Michigan football and for college football as a whole. Uh, for you to enter this year, you know, how are you feeling about your job and just everything that you have to deal with on a day to day?
And last question is promised. Um, I see today you're clean shaven. What's your game plan this season for the beard, if at all? Well, unfortunately, I could grow a full beard by Friday, and so you just have to wait and see. Um, but uh, yeah, Brian Dooley, uh, after I had shaved last year, was sitting in Coach Kaufman's office, and my beard came up, and he looked at me and he said, I hated your beard. Um, and I thought that was a little strong. Um, but. Uh, <coughs> So I haven't had a beard since.